It's time for episode 251 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast with a mysterious ticking noise. Not over here, not over there, kind of catchy. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by Snape... No, no, no. It's Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Morin, Morin, Dan Morin. I can't. I was going to go with the. You, I was going to oh. go with the Ron Weasley, Dan Morin, but I can't. I don't know. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue. I appreciate you playing along in any I, case. I long know. I know that video. I've known that video for many a year and find it delightful. Oh, I'm glad. I, I included a link just in case people didn't know uh, what was going on there. Um, of course, we've got two fantastic guests with us. To my left is uh, developer, video creator, host of both the Accidental Tech Podcast and Analog. That's right here on Relay FM. It's Liss, Liss, Casey, Liss. How are you doing, Casey? <laughs> is that my wrestling opening like uh, walkout song? Because I, I, it seems it maybe not be. aggressive enough. We, we oh, need to, we, we need to workshop that a little bit. You're too happy, Micah. That's what it is. But hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. And to my left, video designer at Panic and our good friend, Krista Mergan. So that was, I don't really have a good song for it, but how was that? <laughs> Krista Mergan. I was trying to do the Dumbledore oh, one. Yeah, that was incredible. Really no, that was very good. Dumbledore. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good. That's Thank good. Harry yeah, Potter. Harry Potter. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. I'm not. Wow, this I'm show is already Potter. off the rails. Micah, get us back on them. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. I'm so sorry, but I do appreciate everybody playing along there. Um, we are going to talk about messages for iOS. I'm curious how often you find yourself using the built-in features for messages. So that's going to be apps for iMessage, tapbacks, which if you don't know what the heck tapbacks are, because Apple only explained it like on stage at WWDC, whatever year that was. It's like Slack reactions to messages, except you only have like five of them. Uh, screen effects, which you may have forgotten about too. That's all that weird zoomy fun disco light show nonsense. And then stickers. Do you use any of those, Casey Liss? So I use the tapbacks constantly i have always used them a lot and and i don't see myself ever stopping a friend of mine andrew has started to try to convince me to use them on my own messages which is i think a little <laughs> bit funny <laughs> so you know like hey micah how's it going heart you know or something like that but um but i, I definitely use tapbacks all the time i use screen effects occasionally i found myself using them a lot more recently i guess that's because there's been like birthdays and anniversaries in my in my family and friends circle uh i don't ever really use messages i can see myself maybe starting to get into that when combined with memoji which we'll talk about in a moment but uh other than that the only other thing i really use for iMessage is a friend of mine uh jelly or also known as daniel Farrelly, has a wonderful app called gift wrapped and that's to uh curate your animated gift collection mm. 
And I have a tremendous animated GIF. That's GIF, Micah, not Jeff. GIF oh, collection. Oh, boy. Let's and, not, uh, Casey List. <laughs> Hold on. Can you get that hang up button, please, yeah. on uh, Casey? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so I have, I have a lot of animated GIFs, and uh, I like to use them in iMessage. And GIF Wrapped has a tremendous iMessage app that lets you do that very quickly and easily. Yeah. Um, I also use Tapbacks a lot, and I wish that Apple would expand them to either yes. any emoji or just any, like, just give us more because they're great. Yes. But oftentimes I have things that i want to express that cannot be expressed by a thumbs up or a thumbs down um so i like those a lot i don't really use stickers i don't really use iMessage apps i've used apple pay cash a few times but that's about it um but i haven't i I, and i installed a bunch when they first came out but so many of them just (laughs) did not seem actually that useful um i do i've used screen effects occasionally but actually what i prefer is the fact that I, i like how apple does sometimes hijack certain messages. If you type like happy birthday, it will automatically send it with a screen effect, um, which I kind of dig because I forget otherwise that they're there. Uh, and other than that, I think I probably only send them ironically, which is mainly bugging Lex. Like that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't use many apps either within iMessage, um, but I do get freaked out constantly when um, anyone mentions the price of anything and Apple Pay immediately suggests that I pay that $800 or whatever. This happens constantly. Um, yes, but I do use tapbacks all the time, um, most frequently in huge group chats that I'm in where I want to like agree with someone's plan or laugh at their joke without actually adding anything to the conversation. So it's super handy for that. Um, I find those are really goofily integrated on the Mac, though, or you just mm. see in parentheses, so-and-so laughed at whatever <laughs> you said. Um, I have some stickers that I enjoy using, um, again, mostly in group chats. Um, I find myself mainly using the snacks uh, sticker set from Parakeet to put, like, giant waffles or pancakes or tiki drinks on messages about, like, brunch or meeting up for cocktails. Um, and I do use screen effects occasionally. And, again, like, ironically, for a comedic, comedic effect, um, but the thing I most love doing is just sending a single emoji with the laser screen effect because the lasers will trace <laughs> that outline of the emoji. It's so great. Okay, so for example, um, sending just the turkey emoji with lasers makes this amazing disco tribute to Thanksgiving, and it's a fun <sighs> way to celebrate. You got to try it. Oh, my it. God. Yeah. I can't do wait to do that. Oh, right. no. I'm going to be so busy now. Uh, sorry, Dan. <laughs> your, your, your iMessage is just going to be ruined. Um, thank you all for your answers on that. I tend to fall right in line with everybody. Um, I use tapbacks quite a bit, uh, both in one-on-one conversations and in group messages, uh, mostly in one-on-one conversations whenever you're having like three different lines of conversation. Oh, God. Uh, three different lines of conversation at one time. Um, and I will use some uh, stickers, mostly Bitmoji, um, which I very much love. Um, I think Bitmoji is great. And by the way, live update, Dan just sent me the laser turkey, and it is incredible. Um, <laughs> I'm a jerk. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. And uh, yeah, I think screen effects... I have not sent in a long time, but I originally did it because I thought it was hilarious and uh, sort of annoying, but in a good way, you know, just, just to get off people's nerves. Uh, but yeah, Bitmoji is probably the only sticker pack that I use, and I really don't use any of the apps for iMessage because the ones that I would use 
like the ones where you can sort of get together and, and plan things or like work on polls or, or like pick a place to eat. Everybody has to have those apps and people don't like to yeah. download new apps if they don't want them. It's, 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 it's a problem. So, uh, I'd love to see that improve. And yeah, I'd love way more options for tap backs. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the second question, which comes from Casey. So speaking of these sorts of things, I have installed the iOS 12 beta on my everyday phone, and I can't decide if memojis are memojis are incredible or really, really silly. I'm currently leaning toward incredible, um, so I've been using them during FaceTime, especially with my kids while maybe they're talking with grandparents or something. And I can see other uses for it too, like maybe you really don't want your face on the internet like CGP Grey or a child, for example. So for those of you who have used it, do you see, do you like it? Do you see yourself using it more? And if you haven't used it, what's your expectation? Incredible or silly, Casey? Why can't it be both? That's what I want. It can be both. It can be incredibly <laughs> silly. I will allow that. Uh, I think it is both. I mean, I, I really love the idea of the Memoji. I played around a little bit with one at WWDC, but I don't currently have iOS 12 on my iPhone 10, so I haven't been able to, to use it on my own phone. Um, I like the idea... I've seen some people, you know, on the beta who have like posted their memoji. And my one major concern about it right now is that like it needs even more variation. Like it's pretty good. And mm, some people mm-hmm. have gotten like decent memojis of themselves. But I also have noticed there are lots of people who feel like this is not exactly representative of who I am. And, and Apple, I'm sure, will continue to expand that as they've done with the em- emoji themselves. Um, for me, I like the idea of being able to use them as like stickers and occasionally send uh, like Animoji style messages, but I don't use Animoji message that much either. So I'm not convinced that I would end up really using them. But I love the idea of FaceTime and for people like you mentioned who might want to keep their identities uh, more um, controlled, then that seems like a huge win as well. But I, I think it's possible these could really take off. I'm not sure it's for me, even if they do, but I'm I'm definitely more interested in playing around with them than I am with something like Bitmoji. Sorry, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love the idea of Memoji, but I'm still on iOS 11. I haven't uh, installed iOS 12 um, on my main device. Um, I have an iPhone 10 though, and I never use Animoji either. So I don't know if Memoji will be any different for me, um, but I will say that I love making avatars of myself and of other people. Um, like when we got a <laughs> Nintendo Wii U back in 2008 or whenever it was, I spent a lot of time making my me avatar, and I just find I really enjoy that process generally. Um, so who knows if I will personally use it, but I know I will have a great time making my Memoji anyway. Um, I mean, I hope that other people find it useful in some meaningful way, even if it's just really fun. So we've got the mispronunciation of GIF and attacks on Bitmoji. I'm really feeling like I'm not welcome here, which is odd. And I really feel like it's Casey that brought this uh, negative energy. And I don't know hey, what's buddy. going on. <laughs> no, I tease. Um, so I like bitmoji quite a bit because i was able to create a character that i feel looks a lot like me um i was excited when memoji was first announced like you can go back to my twitter and i was freaking out and everybody was sending messages like uh can someone check on micah because i was like it seemed like it was right up my alley um however when i created my memoji character i was one of those people dan mentioned that was talking about how it isn't really representative of me i feel like mine doesn't look like me um and so I end up just using Bitmoji instead. So honestly, what I'm hoping is that 
Snapchat, which owns Bitmoji, gets with the program and essentially implements this facial tracking stuff to allow us to use our Bitmoji characters as avatars um, in messages to this extent. Uh, Or... I guess if Memoji can uh, improve upon the options that are available for customization, then that'll work too. But regardless of sort of, you know, what brand you're choosing underneath the uh, avatar umbrella, I think that it is fun. So it is both incredible and silly, and I see uses for it uh, in, in any case. So yeah, I, I've definitely enjoyed using it quite a bit, and... I'm hopeful that I stick with it because I do think it's super fun, but I echo, I think it was Dan that said it isn't a hundred percent representative of me. There's some examples like Federico Vitici has a just spot on version of himself. And I've seen a couple others. I can't remember who else off the top of my head that are just great. And, and I think with just a little bit of tweaks, mine would be a little bit better and I would use it a lot, but certainly it is super funny watching my, my three and a, three and a half year old use it, like I said, on FaceTime with like grandparents and stuff like that. And the tongue detection, silly as it sounds, makes a big difference. So I'm all in right now. Maybe we'll follow up in like a year and see if I stuck with it or not. <laughs> All right. Well, we have just reached half time for here for this episode of Clockwise. And I'd love to tell you all about our friends at Linode. With Linode, you're going to have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just five bucks a month. And you're going to get up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, you can call them, you can even chat with them over IRC in the Linode community. They know how important it is to get the help that you want and the help that you need. There's also a suite of amazing guides and support documentation that you can reference. So if you don't feel like sending uh, a message in or calling, then go ahead and just check out that documentation. Linode's intuitive control panel allows you to deploy, to boot, to resize, to snapshot, to clone, to do so many verbs with your virtual servers in just a few clicks. Clicks, and yes, they've got two-factor authentication to keep you safe. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. The plan started a gig of RAM for just five bucks a month, and they've got high memory plans that start with 16 gigs of RAM. As a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you will only be supporting us and all of our hilarious jokes, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And let's do the math there on the gig plan, that's four free months of service. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go ahead and head over to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or you can use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thanks so much to Linode for supporting this show, and let's move on to the next topic, which comes from Dan. All right. Once again, rumors of iPhone colors beyond simply the metallic have surfaced. So my question is, do you want a blue or orange iPhone? Have you ever used a third-party service that colors your phone? And what is the one color you would desire to have on your iPhone more than any other? Krista? Oh, I have to choose one color? Um, <laughs> oh, no, well, go I wild. Would... <laughs> hey, tie-dye? Sure. I mean, um, I would love to see the iPhone in more colors, um, generally, just any color. I, I actually really loved the color schemes of the iPhone C. Um, if that had been a more powerful device with a better camera, I'd have gotten one. But um, I'd buy an iPhone in teal or yellow or, you know, some combination thereof. Um, I've never used a service to actually color my phone, but I do use colorful cases. 
and it's kind of nice that I can switch them up um, depending on my mood or outfit. So nice, I like that outfit. Um, I so uh, let's let's go back in time to the first iPod <laughs> Nano <laughs> with <laughs> video. It was sort of a candy bar shape, uh, and it came in the most beautiful, luscious green color it was uh, it was like midway between light and dark green so not lime per se but more like on its way to forest green it was astounding uh green is my favorite color it was astoundingly beautiful and i would love 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 to have an iphone in that beautiful rich green color uh, and until that happens, I'm stuck with the boring colors. <laughs> so <laughs> fingers crossed that we get there at some point. Casey, what about you? You know, I've never used a third party service to color my phone. And the thought of doing so really scares the the bejesus out of me. But I can definitely see myself trying out a more dark or, or muted color. I can think of like my favorite uh, car color is uh, from BMW, which is a Le Mans blue, which is a very, very, very deep, dark blue, which it's, I love. It's not, I could, it's not white, Casey? No, it's not white, despite popular opinion. But anyway, <laughs> I would love like a deep blue. Um, I could also see going for like, you know, the alumni play of Chicago Maroon and Burnt Orange in my particular case, which really are two colors that don't belong together. But yet somehow, you know, my school made it work. But that being said, I've always, for the, what, 10-ish years I've had iPhones, I've always had a black iPhone, and I have ha never had any desire to have a white one. The gold and rose gold don't really do anything for me. So I don't think this is really for me, but with the right blue or maybe the right color combination, as Krista was saying, I could see my, my boring nature maybe get put aside for something a little more fun. Yeah, I think that's really the struggle, right? Like even within colors, there are so many different shades. I'm with Micah. Green, green is also my favorite color. And there are shades even of green that I'd be like, nah, that's like a little too lime or yeah, something. Same. That, yeah. And, and I think that's the trick, right? Like is, is, you know, things like black, white, gold, silver, you know, like there's so much, um, they're, they're more uniform, I think, for the most part, like in ways that appeal more broadly than specific colors. I have a hard time imagining. Granted, you know, Apple has done this with other devices in the past with things like watch bands and stuff like that, limiting it to a smaller palette of colors. Um, I've never tried using any of the third-party services. Some of the phones, at least they demo, look really cool. But like Casey, mm -hmm. it always just creeps me out a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, but I think it is time for Apple to expand, expand their color palette a little bit. Like, I feel like the monochrome black and white era, you know, we've had that for a long time now. And, and maybe maybe it's time to bring a little more color to their products. Uh, thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to Krista's topic. Ah, well, my topic is Bluetooth headphones. So um, near, new AirPods should be coming out this year, and I'm kind of on the fence about buying a pair. Um, but I don't want to mainly because I don't like earbuds generally. They never seem to fit properly in my ears. They're just kind of annoying. Um, I do have a great pair of Bluetooth Sony over-the-ear headphones with the name like MDR XB9 something, something that doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, and I love everything about them, but how long it takes to connect to and switch between my computer and phone. I feel like I spend way too much time just sort of like finicking with them and they'll like drop connections sometimes and it's just, they're super annoying. Um, but my husband, Nevin, has AirPods and the thing that I love about them is how quickly and just seamlessly that they connect. And they really do, like it's kind of magical. Um, so anyway, should I just suck it up and buy the new AirPods when they come out? Um, even though I'd rather have cans, um, do you use Bluetooth headphones? And if so, which ones? And what do you like or dislike about them? Uh, I do have AirPods, uh, and I do like them. I don't use them all the time. I am 
blessed, I guess, to work from home. And so most of the time, if there's, if there are things that I want to listen to, I can listen to them aloud. Um, however, whenever I am looking for a more, uh, sort of isolated music experience, I tend to use my Bose, uh, quiet comfort earbuds because i am also the same way with earbuds like not fitting in my ears properly but the way that the quiet comforts are made they sort of hook into the outside of your ear and so they stay in place and with the the noise isolation of just the the physical and then both that and the uh like electronic noise isolation it makes for an okay listening experience when i'm looking for that isolation but i've also got some cans and i've got like, I don't know, way too many Bluetooth headphones all over the place. But really, for me, most of the time, my listening is out loud. Um, and so I tend to feel a little trapped whenever I'm inside a pair of headphones, like I am right now. Oh, gosh, these headphones on my ears. Um, so yeah, I, I try to avoid those as much as I can uh, to keep my ears nice and cool. But if you're looking for a pair of headphones that are going to, or rather a pair of, of, you know, Bluetooth music listening devices that are going to switch easily between things, I can certainly uh, give AirPods a thumbs up for that. So I have a series of headphones that I've either bought or been gifted over the years. I have a very ancient pair of open air Sennheiser cans. I have um, what are these that I'm using right now? I have a uh, Bear Dynamics uh, headphones that I use for podcasting. I have some Ultimate Ears earbuds that I occasionally use that have some passive sound isolation, which is really great for like the plane, and they sound incredible when they sit properly. But my AirPods are the headphones that I use all the time. And the reason I use them all the time is a couple of reasons. What Krista said about them being so easy to connect, even between devices, which is, I think, their secret power is that they can swap between your iPad and your phone and your computer and your and your laptop very, very easily. But especially for a guy anyway, I don't know if this is really applicable to women as much, but for a guy, it is super nice to be able to just slip it in like my change pocket in my jeans. You know what I'm talking about? That little teeny pocket that really serves no purpose other than AirPods or maybe chapstick. And so I carry my AirPods in there pretty much always. And that means if I ever have a particular reason to listen to something, which when I'm with my family is rare, but when I'm solo is not so rare, then I can just pop my AirPods in whenever I want. And it makes it super awesome. And so I think the combination of easy swapping between devices and the fact that they're so darn small and I can carry them as part of my everyday carry, that's what makes them so magical to me. And that's why I like them so much. So yeah, I would definitely get a pair. Uh, Chris, I'm in the exact same boat as you. I really love the idea of airpods but i really dislike <laughs> earbuds and specifically i've never been able i've never been able to make apple's earbuds work well for me i find them uncomfortable they don't stay in my ears etc um so i have about three and a half pairs of bluetooth headphones that i use pretty recently uh which is to say i have a pair of bose over the ear uh noise canceling ones that i take on the plane or sometimes to the coffee shop I have a pair of Cosporta Pro Bluetooths that I are like sort of my daily wearing headphones. I have a cheap pair of behind the, behind the ear headphones that I take to the gym. And then I have these this little Blue Ant tr transceiver device that lets you plug in a conventional pair of headphones and essentially turn them into Bluetooth headphones, which I often use if I'm like nice. listening, at some, listening to something while I fall asleep at night. And I just have a pair of like cheap earbuds plugged into those. And they're like my backup headphones to carry too. But I don't love any like it seems like it'd be great if i had one pair of headphones that, that like served all of these purposes and yet 
I have not found what that is. But my biggest complaint is, as you alluded to, switching between devices. It's really annoying to be like, I'll have my headphones hooked up to the iPhone in the morning. I'll walk in the coffee shop. I'll sit down. I'll want to watch a video on my MacBook that, as I'm starting to work. And I have to like go to the settings app on the iPhone, disconnect, go to the Bluetooth menu on my MacBook, connect, and then start playing. And sometimes they drop and sometimes they just don't want to connect for some reason. And I find it really annoying. Like Bluetooth has gotten better about pairing. And there are even some like the the Bose ones I have can like connect multiple devices at once, which is really nice. But overall, it's still pretty janky. And the AirPods, you know, leaves me casting envious glances in that direction. So (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of want AirPods, but I just I can't justify buying them when I don't feel like they'll they'll really work for me. Oh, same. OK, well, uh, I mean, my, <laughs> my only uh, further comment is like, Apple, why don't you just make some over the ear yeah, headphones that have that. the same the same uh, functionality? Because it's so great. I do. I mean, but Casey's point about them fitting so neatly into such a tiny pocket um, is a really good point. And the just a little charging case generally is yeah, um, cool is too. pretty great. But um, before yeah, you I would get love emails, uh, like before you mm-hmm. get emails, I do want to note that um, Apple owns uh, Beats, and Beats does have some over the ear headphones that have the uh, chip in them that lets you switch seamlessly between devices. Um, Wait, what? In- including ones with active noise cancellation. Oh man! Well, th- that's thank you. So this You're is welcome. The- <laughs> I'm so glad you <laughs> yes. told me that. I'm gonna. Ch- I'm. I'm going to go try those out. I. I should have done more research. Apparently, but why has no one told me this? Um, I'm <laughs> it was a conspiracy. We were. We were keeping. We it were from waiting you. for it's today. Today is the day that we wanted oh, to tell you about thanks it. Thanks for good yeah. podcasting. Thank God. Well, I'm, exactly. I'm glad I brought it up. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. That's literally the thing that I want. Okay. So hopefully, good hopefully there talk. won't be anyone out here, <laughs> out there that like paused and then sent you a tweet. And then now they're listening to this as we <laughs> have gotten through it. Uh, all yeah. right. Well, we have uh, reached the end of the episode. But before we go, we've got enough time for a bonus question. But before we get to the bonus question, you know what happens next. I get to tell you all about our friends at SaneBox. You may have heard about SaneBox, and I bet every person that's listening to this show has something they don't like about email, like email. And that's why you need to try SaneBox. While it would be lovely, it's really not practical to just delete all of your email. There's important stuff that might be in there, but The problem is it's hard to sort of sort through those things. You know, you're trying to see, okay, is this a real email or is this one from some prince in a foreign country that is trying to get me to send them my, uh, to send my bank account numbers? Well, it'd be nice if you didn't have to worry about that, but you let another service pre-sort your email before it ever even gets to your inbox. Guess what? You guessed it. That's what SaneBox does. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders. So the only messages in your inbox are the ones you need. And the great thing is that it works seamlessly with your current system and with any app. Now, one of the best features of SaneBox, it's called the black hole. All you do is move an unwanted email into that folder. And guess what? You're never going to hear from that sender ever again. With SaneBox, you can also set up email reminders, snooze your email, 
and so much more. SaneBox is awesome for cleaning out your cruft. That's what I've been using it for. Like I used to have to go through and hit unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. I don't have to do that anymore. SaneBox takes care of it. So to help you get a little bit more organization in your inbox, we've worked with SaneBox to get you a great deal. If you go to SaneBox.com slash clockwise, you'll get a two-week free trial and an extra $25 credit just because you listened to this show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. You might as well go check it out. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's sanebox.com slash clockwise. S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash clockwise. Check it out. All right, here is the bonus question. If you were a director and you're able to direct a movie or a TV show based on a single book or a series of books you liked, what would it be? So for me, I have been reading over the last few years a series of books by the author Brad Thor, and the books are about a character called Scott Harveth. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So they're really, really great books and super, super fun. If you can get over the fact that every woman in every one of these books is stunningly gorgeous without fail, which is a little bit frustrating, but be that as it may, uh, they're fun, fun, fun books, and I think they would be incredible movies, and I think I would take a stab at those. So that's the uh, Scott Harveth series as written by Brad Thor. Uh, I've got two, and no, Micah, neither of them are my own book. I saw your little (laughs) note in the field there. Oh, no, I was talking about Casey's book. I love BMW. My two picks are for a standalone book, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury, which I think is just a beautiful book full of lyrical prose and just tons of imagery. Mm. It's fantastic. It would be super creepy, but kind of awesome. And then another fantasy young adult series called The Dark is Rising, which they made a terrible movie about several years ago, but will pretend never happened, is one of my all-time favorites and I think deserves to have a fantastic movie made out of it. Nice. Well, I would redirect every Harry Potter movie except for Prisoner of Azkaban, because that's a great movie. (laughs) Oh, no. But your um, your Ray Bradbury um, suggestion actually made me think just now that wouldn't it be incredible to do a miniseries based on Martian Chronicles? Mm. So many of those stories are just so great and just stand on their own as stories, but like they make this cohesive world. And that would be um, amazing. I I am pitching Netflix on Kevin Hearn's The Iron Druid Chronicles, and I cannot wait for all of those books to be made into a movie. And I'm totally going to play the voice of Oberon, uh, the the Irish wolfhound that's in that book. And I cannot wait. So yeah, that's happening. All of these books are happening. Our movies, rather, are happening. Uh, thank you all for your answers there. Dan, I do believe that marks the end of the episode. And all that's left is to thank our awesome guests. Of course, Casey Liz. Thank you so much for joining us again here on Clockwise. Uh, the pleasure, as always, is mine. Thank you. And Krista Morgan, always a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. And Micah, that's it for us this week, but we'll be back next week. Until then, we remind our listeners, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.